The Business Animal Podcast is proudly sponsored by WP Engine, your resource for managed WordPress hosting, and Keep, the premier CRM software for small business. Head over to thebusinessanimal.com for the best deals on these two amazing products. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. How are you? I am doing well. I am on the other side of my health issue now. Woohoo! I'm feeling so much better. Oh, I love hearing that. I'm back to work the full-time part-time, and I'll be back to work full-time probably the first week of July. So very, very happy to be getting out there, getting ready to create more content, and definitely feeling much better and very relieved. So yay. That makes me so happy (laughs) to hear. I sound a little off today because I do have COVID. My whole family has COVID right now, but I'm on the tail end of it. Just the part where it's kind of feels gross in your throat, but I feel fine for the most part. So I just want to apologize for folks if I sound a little deeper than normal. But yeah, so Kim and I are in this in this good place right now and I love it. So we're getting ready to finish up season three of the business animal, which is crazy. A couple more episodes to go. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about something that I think is a really interesting conversation that maybe you haven't even thought about in your business, and that's creating professional respect. So here's a little story and a background as to where this comes from in my world. Years and years ago, when I was first getting to be a graphic designer on my own, and I would work with a client, and I want to mind you that I was at the time, I didn't have a storefront. I didn't have like an official title. I didn't go to college to be a graphic designer. I was just a really good artist, and I was good with technology. And I was doing a perfectly fine job, but inside, I don't know if something felt off or wrong, but whenever I would go and I would work with a client, one of the things that they would say when they looked at the finished piece is they go, oh, that is so like a professional. That's very professional. And You know, at first, I guess it didn't bother me, but the more I did it and the more that I got accomplished, it kind of got underneath my skin that people hired me and then were surprised that they received a professional result. So has anything ever like that happened with you, Kara? I mean, it sounds weird because... Honestly, they were giving me a compliment, but I kind of took it a little differently. Well, I mean, we're we're artists as well right now. And so I think any field out there where, I mean, and there's a lot of fields I think like this where maybe you can do it part time or it's something you can do on the side or it's something you can learn on your own. And there are a bunch of fields out there that people will jump into. And photography is one of them as an equine photographer, but as a photographer in general, photography is one of those areas 
areas where maybe somebody is unemployed and they decide, oh, I'm going to become a photographer. And then they open a Facebook page and suddenly they're a business. And I'm putting that in quotation marks. So it's one of those things. And there are lots of others out there. You're probably, you can probably think of them in your brain. I'm not going to call any of them out, but that come up that automatically when somebody that can automatically, when someone says, oh, this is my profession or this is what I do, people can write it off as maybe not as professional, maybe not take it as seriously. This topic came up for me recently, however, because I was working with a couple of mentees. Is that the right word when you're mentoring someone? Is mentees the right word? If, if that feels like I'm I taking so. something to freshen my breath. Yeah, mentees. Mentee, okay. <laughs> so um, I was working with them and... <laughs> And and they said, you know, that, that when someone asked them, you know, what do you do or tell me, you know, what's your business or what do you do that, that they feel oftentimes when they go to answer that they don't know how to answer it or that they don't do themselves a service with the way that they answer to make themselves sound like a legitimate business that they are. And so I really took that to heart. And I remember in the early days when I went from working in a brick and mortar and working a nine to five you know, and I switched to being an entrepreneur and having my own business and working from a home studio that I even struggled internally with the idea of taking my own business seriously. And then that then transfers to how, if I don't think of my business as, or I have second thoughts about how my, how professional my business is or legitimate my business is, how can I portray that to other people in a confident way that makes them not just write me off as another person? person that's just out there kind of floundering in the world. So I thought this was a really awesome topic for us to cover today. And since it's something we've both experienced and we know firsthand other people that are dealing with this right now. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of my clients that I work with on a regular basis who have their corporate job still. And they are in this weird sort of one foot in one world and one foot in another world. And they're usually very accomplished in their corporate job. And in their corporate job, they have a lot of respect and it's given to them easily because they've really been in that for a while. But they're wanting to step out and maybe be an equine assisted coach or a gestaltist or a photographer or or start a, a grooming business or something like that. And because they don't have their foot completely over here in the world where they're kind of side hustling and wanting to get into, people don't take them seriously. And that can lead to all kinds of fallout for your business. If you really want to know the truth at the bottom line of this discussion that we're having today, it has to do with revenue. People will not pay you as much if they don't respect you or if you ask for a full payment and people don't think you have a legitimate business or are full-time at something, it's really, really sometimes difficult to get paid the value of what it is that you're providing. So being able to create that professional respect in your business mindfully to me is super important. And it's going to take a couple of mindset shifts. One of the things I think that both Kara and I want to impart before we get on to the big three is that even though all of the things that we're going to give you to do have a little bit of an outside action to them, it's truthfully how you feel about yourself inside that makes the difference. 
And you've got to work on your confidence building. And really, if, if, you, if you're one of those folks that's straddling two worlds, when you are standing in the world where you're, where you're wanting to build your professional reputation, you know, pull your other foot out of the corporate world and stand squarely and confidently in that space, even if you have to jump back to the other side. There's a couple places I think that we could mention, like where you might hear this. A great example was when someone says, oh, you know, I'm a photographer, for example. And then they say something like, oh, I'm a photographer too, or my daughter's a photographer. And I'm using the photography example because that's that's my focus. But I find that to be almost triggering to some extent because to me, I've worked so hard at legitimizing and proving myself in the industry that I love talking and chatting with other photographers. But sometimes I think that comment, it's probably meant to like have commonality, but it makes me feel, and this is me inside of my myself, it makes me feel like they're writing me off as someone who's not professional. And Kim, I know you have another photography example that you like to give around when people talk about your camera. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So for many, many, many years, I would shoot horse shows and people would come up to my alongside of me while I was shooting um, alongside the arena. And they would look at my camera and they would say they and they see the pictures like our digital cameras now have photos that pop up along the back for us to take a look at to check our settings and stuff. And they would say things while they were standing there like, wow, your camera takes great photos. And that's That always just irked me, I got to tell you. And then somewhere, this is not mine, I don't know where I found it. It was somewhere in my life I ran across this statement of, I taught my camera everything it knows. So now (laughs) when somebody comes over and stands next to me and says, your camera takes great photos, I'm like, thank you so much. I taught it everything it knows. And that puts the focus back on me without me being rude about it. It just simply says, hey, I learned how to do this. This is my skill, my talent. And this is a tool that I use. And it's the same for those of you who have any type of thing where you're like the talent behind the tool. It's a really good little statement to use. And it had another adjustment inside my head. The more I said of that, instead of getting kind of bent out of shape or thinking I had to buy a better camera if I wanted to take better photos, which is, by the way, not the way to take better photos. You take better photos by increasing your skill level. But over a period of time of saying that, I really got into understanding that, yes, it was me that made the better photo. My camera was just a tool that I used to create those images. And I really did teach it everything it knows. (laughs) I love that. I think that takes us into our big three. Do you want to go ahead and run through those? I do. And so the big three for today is the first one, and we've already kind of breached into this a little bit, and we'll get into it some more, is to adjust your inside voice. And by inside voice, I don't mean inside the room. I mean inside your head. Adjust how you're talking about yourself from the inside out. And then number two is explore and prepare the right professional response for the situation that you're in. And then number three is to clean up all those loose ends out there that make you feel 
unprofessional. So number one is to adjust that inside voice. And again, you have to kind of tweak that on your own. And one of the ways that I encourage people to do this is to think about where they want to be. So let's just take that example of that person who's got their foot in two worlds, right? They've got their foot in their corporate job and they've got their foot in the side hustle that they want to make their living passion at. There's a point and and you have to be diplomatic in that situation because when you're in your corporate job, you can't be standing completely in your side part. But what you have to do is you have to think about where is it that I really want to be? How do I want to be seen three to five years from now? And I'm going to have all that professional experience. You know, business owners that are new have a problem with this as well. Like they've just started their business. They don't have a ton of confidence yet. They've got a big plan, but they're just at the basic part of it. Think about who you're going to be in three to five years and how you want your level of respect to be and give your sales pitches. Talk from the perspective of that individual who has all of that experience underneath them, who's maybe left the corporate job and is now full-time in this with a full client slate. So speak from the position that you've already achieved your goals. So this kind of goes into that psychological game we like to play with ourselves as fake it till you make it. It's not really faking it though. It's where you're going to be. And when you voice that, and here I'm going to get woo-woo on Kara for a moment, but when you voice that out into the universe, all the universe will conspire to make that true for you. So I do firmly believe that. It's one way to adjust that inside voice so that you're speaking from that highly professional level, even if you maybe haven't quite physically moved over to that professional level yet. What do you think, Kara? Any tips here for people? You know, how do you expect people to take your business seriously if you don't, right? So I, from day number one of my business, I was on board with this. I might have struggled on the inside a little bit with, oh gosh, there's so much I need to do. I need, I have a lot of loose ends I need to tie up. But for me, once I was in the image I presented to the world, I wanted it to be as professional as possible. I mean, I can't even tell you, I probably was a business for a week and I already had a t-shirt. I mean, I was like, I had something to wear, (laughs) you know, that when I showed up at an event, people recognized that I was there. I wasn't just, you know, showing up in my everyday barn clothes. So I, I didn't waste any time. But I think it is something to be said for how seriously you take your business is what you're going to put out into the world. And if you talk about your business in a serious way and professionally, then other people are going to follow suit. And I think that as a business owner, you have to start thinking about, you know, how do you talk to people about your business when they ask you about it? And you need to have that prepared in advance which is going to kind of roll us into explore and prepare the right professional response. But, you know, if you're not confident in what you do in the service that you provide, how do you talk about it? And how do you expect other people to go out into the world and talk about what you do and talk about your business with the folks that they come in contact with? So, you know, thinking about your story, your story of origin for your business, what motivated you, what got you excited about doing the work that you're doing, in the animal industry, you know, all of that stuff is going to come into that response side of things when we get there. So I definitely think that a downside that I see a lot is people 
using the term side hustle, mompreneur, boss babe. Like think about some of this language, you guys. It automatically undermines your professionality, as Kim would say. So when I see that kind of stuff, like we use side hustle on the show all the time, but there are things out there that, that we do trying to be trendy and trying to be maybe up with the, you know, the hashtags on Instagram or, or something along those lines. But they really, I think, take away from the professionalism of our business if we're not careful. Are you looking to bring awareness to your equine-based product or service or create a unique way for your audience to feel connected to your brand? Quality Horse Photos tell your story and breathe life into your marketing. They draw your customers in and create an emotional connection. Powerful images communicate your core values and highlight the benefits your product offers, ultimately proving your business is a voice your customers can trust. It's time to use dynamic images that define your small business and separate you from the rest of the herd. Fast Horse Photography's professional photo library features thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and marketing needs is easier than ever. Help your audience see that your brand offers the answers they are looking for. Search for the perfect images for your equine business right now. Spur your customers into action with FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. I agree with that. I kind of in some ways like the term girl boss, but I'm going to tell you in the end of the day, I'm a boss. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I'm just a boss in front of it. Um, <laughs> I'm just a boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss of this. One of the things that you said back when you were talking there, Kara, really intrigued me. Like you had a t-shirt the first week and it makes me think to how we embody our businesses, right? So Let's just use the military as an example. Let's say you want to join the army. The first thing the army does with you when they they get you into the army is they give you the army haircut and they give you a uniform that you can wear and you become to embodiment of of what you will become on day one, you're starting to embody what you will become as you move through the military. Now, I'm not a big military proponent. I would have been a horrible, horrible private in any army because uh, that when that five o'clock wake up call came around, I would have been like, <clears throat> excuse me, unless there's photographing horses involved, why the hell are we up this early in the morning? <laughs> but... The embodiment of the uniform is part of what you should do. And uniform can be metaphorical, okay? I didn't have a t-shirt, but I embodied a graphic designer when I was with my graphic design clients. I embodied a photographer when I was with my photography clients. I embody a gestaltist when someone comes here to work with me um, with the horses. So it's embodiment. It's it's truly stepping into who you will become even on day one and then allowing everything else to catch up along the way, if that makes a weird kind of sense. But I, I love the metaphor of the uniform that you brought up, Kara. <laughs> it's just the things in my brain that I felt like I had to do 
quickly to feel inside that I was moving in the right direction of professionalism. And honestly, setting myself apart from the sea of other people out there attempting to do the same thing. And in the animal industry, I think there's lots of businesses or career paths that could be similar to this where you could start doing it. And maybe while you're doing it, you're still learning and gaining skills as you go. I think about some of the industries like horse training, for example. You know, there's a lot of horse trainers out there, but there's a lot of different levels of horse trainers and a lot of horse trainers that have gone through some real specialty training and have years and years of experience and have legitimate businesses. And then there's also horse trainers out there that are maybe they want to be horse trainers. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's something they do personally. Maybe it's something that they hope to do down the line and they're starting out. It's the same with photographers. There's a large scale from where one photographer might be to another photographer. So there's a lot of professions, I think, in the animal industry that would fall under that. I mean, anything I think you can do to set yourself apart and show your professionalism. So I think that takes us into number two, explore and prepare the right professional response. So for me, I think about what's the story? What's the story behind your business? Where did it come from? What's the origin? What inspired you to get out there and to start this business? And it's okay if it's that you're a stay-at-home mom and you want to bring income into the family. That's okay if that's your message. But it's how do you prepare that as a professional response? Do you have a mission? Do you have a tagline? What happens when people ask you the question, oh, what do you do? Or what do you do professionally? professionally? How do you respond to that? And I will tell people, it's like so many other things in the business, being prepared to answer that question in advance is huge and will do wonders for how people view you when you're talking to them about your business. What do you think about that, Kim? I think it's really important for you to be prepared to talk about your business to the person that you're in front of. And that means that you need to adjust your professional response accordingly. I do a lot of different things in my business. And I have rehearsed or thought through, wrote out, memorized to a certain extent, different responses for the different rooms that I'm in. So whenever you sit down across from somebody, you have to ascertain how could what I do benefit them? And I want to have the conversation from that point of view. Now, I know my benefits. I know my values. I know my story. I know how I can be of help. The thing that I've done, and I spend a lot of time, I spent a lot of hours in my car, to be honest with you, my truck driving around to different appointments and to Kansas City and to Montana and Wyoming. And there's a lot of hours of endless highway is what I'm getting at. While I'm driving, I practice those responses to people and understanding how to talk about the value that I bring to them is really important. Rather than just saying, what do you do? Or answering the question, what do you do? I respond with how I bring value to people. One of my favorite statements right now is when I'm in my entrepreneurial uniform and I'm speaking to entrepreneurs and they ask, what do you do? I say, I help entrepreneurs get out of their own way. <laughs> 
because, and that doesn't give you a lick of an indication about, you know, do I do it through graphic design? Do I do it through consultation? Do I do, you know, that opens the door for them to ask questions about like, well, exactly how do you do that? Because I find myself tripping over myself a lot in this entrepreneurial journey. So it's just a point of learning how to make those responses and then rehearsing them and understanding well enough about where you want to be, like we said in number one, adjusting that inside voice and then helping the conversation move forward. And I am also not opposed into correcting people, just like the little statement I make to people when they comment on my camera. By the way, I hear that a lot less now because I'm a much more confident photographer than I was 20 years ago when people were saying that to me. But it's a point of the confidence now that I exude as a photographer. People don't ask me that question any longer because it's no longer something they think about because they see me before they see the camera. What I'm getting at here is sometimes you got to practice that within yourself, maybe even if you don't believe it completely until you do believe it completely. So peel away the corners, defend yourself. If somebody says, hey, that looks really professional, you should be proud of it. Say, hey, you know what? I am a professional. I got paid for that job and I am super proud of it. So thank you for noticing that. You don't have to be mean about it, but definitely stand up for yourself and prepare your response in a way that you feel good about saying it and then defending that position if you need to. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E, business. Business.com. See you there. You know, the more that you do that, the more that you sit down and spend the time thinking about your story and your responses, that's how you're going to find your people anyway, because you're going to be working on that with the idea of your ideal client in mind. So that like Kim said, when you sit down next to someone and they ask you that question, depending upon the situation that you're in, if I'm standing at a horse show, I know how I'm going to answer that question, right? Whereas if I'm standing in a group of photographers, I might answer that question differently. So thinking about that and practicing it, I'm a big proponent of get the words out of your mouth and say them out loud, you know, in practice and privacy so that when you have to say it and when you're in a position where you say it, you can say it confidently and you're not tripping over the word. So I love that. I don't think enough people in the early days spend enough time thinking about those responses. And it's such a big piece to the confidence aspect of it. You know, the first time you put it out into the world and then like Kim said, oh, you must be, you know, you have a really nice camera. You must be, you know, you must create some pretty pictures. What a nice camera. The first time that happens to you, what a hit to your confidence. You know, wow, I do have a nice camera. That's probably why I'm taking such good pictures. Or no, like Kim said, I've thought about this. Yeah, I taught that camera everything it knows, you know. So thinking about those responses in advance and practicing them so that when the time comes, you're ready and you can be confident about it will set the tone 
correctly the first time. Absolutely. And the more you practice it and the more you work through the bugs of how to talk to people, the less you'll stumble around and the more confidence people will have in you because you will carry yourself differently. I'll tell you another thing that you don't want people as a business owner, you don't want people taking a chance on you. You want people hiring you. And you want to set the expectation that that's going to be a professional experience for them, not that they're taking a chance on your business. Think of it that way and think of it how you as a consumer, how you choose to spend your dollars. And money is tight. I mean, we're we're not in the greatest economy right now. And there's a lot of choices for every single one of your businesses out there. But you are the best choice for a certain group of people and hold that in confidence and make sure that they know you are the best choice for them in how you present yourself, how you answer those questions, how you respond to the things out there that are being asked and the conversations that are being brought up around your business. So that's the thing, Kim, and I think that moves us into big three, number three, cleaning up the loose ends that make you feel professional because we can prepare ourselves to speak professionally about our business. We can plan our story. We can adjust our inside voice. We can do all of those things. But if our business isn't on its way to being actually a professional business, it might catch us up a little bit and it's going to make that harder and harder for us. So regardless of if your business is a full-time business, if if it's that side hustle we've been referring to, something that you hope one day maybe you can do full-time and move away from your current job, or maybe it's just a part-time money-making endeavor that you're doing on the side to bring in some extra income. There are still lots of things that you can do to set yourself apart, first of all, from the competition, but also give your business that professional appearance that it deserves. So I have a whole list here, per usual. First of all, actually go through the steps to set up your business legally. Okay, so get yourself all of those documents in line. Every state's a little different. Get yourself your ability to pay your taxes. Get yourself a legal business name. Go through all of the processes. Register with your state or your county, wherever you need to do that. Get insurance. Do the things you need to do. Get yourself a website and keep it up to date. So just having a website that just sits there and isn't up to date and isn't current is a start, but it's not going to be professional and people go to your website if it doesn't adequately represent who you are and what you do. Get your own domain name, have a business email address. You can have a Gmail or a Yahoo, but honestly, if you can get yourself a business email address, it looks a lot better. We've already talked about professional appearance, but think about what you want your image to be and what you want that to be for your business out in the community. And this one's a tough one because I think about this all the time because I'm the face of my business. And while I'm a horse person, I work with horse people, so I'm not showing up dressed super fancy. I do like to be clean and have clean clothing on and have my boots not be too disgusting and dirty. And I don't like to be caught out in public, even when I'm not working, looking unprofessional as well or looking super shabby. It doesn't mean I'm not wearing my jogging pants and stuff like that. But I do keep these things in mind when I'm out and about because we're always representing our business. I mean, I, I run into clients at the feed store all the time, for example. B2B, 
be active as a business on social media. So not just from your personal page, I highly recommend having a business page and then sharing content that's relevant to your business with high-end curated imagery. So actually thinking about your images as well and making sure that they represent your brand professionally. Take the time to think about your ideal customer and work on your brand and your branding. You know, just being aware of your branding and how people see you in the world and being consistent with a logo and colors and fonts and all of those things and your messaging is huge. Big pieces that Kim and I talk about all of the time on here, be attentive to your business through follow-ups. Follow up with people when they inquire. First way to come across unprofessional is not get back to people. Provide excellent service when you are working with people. And then of course, things like testimonials, which we've talked about on the show. Harness the power of those testimonials out into the world around you. The last thing I'm going to just say, all of these things we've talked about before, but they all do come together in your business is also focus on that existing customer because your next customer will most likely come from the people you're working with right now. So how are you treating them? Are you treating them professionally? Are you being professional in your conduct with them? Because they will tell the next person what it was like to work with you. And just remember that, you know, being professional and professional action leads to a professional business appearance and it all comes together. If you can do these things and get started on them, even if it's just one of these little things as you work your way through, each time you do that, your self-confidence in your business and your feelings of legitimacy around your business and growing your business will be so much stronger. So I remember in the early days, each time I set something up, each time I made a change, I remember when I got my own domain name and then when I changed my email address from a Yahoo account to Fast Horse Photography, it was like, look at me, I'm so much more professional than I was even yesterday. So (laughs) these little things are awesome and they can do so much for you in terms of your mindset around this. I know you have things you wanna add to that, Kim. Actually, I think you completed that list beautifully. I think all of those things are so important to becoming a legitimate business. And when you feel more legitimate, you walk in a really legitimate way, you talk in a legitimate way, and people automatically respond to that. You know, we think that communication all comes out of our mouths, but it doesn't. It comes out in a million different ways, especially in a, as being a business owner. So all of those things are key and important. And I think the list is actually very comprehensive as to what I would tell a new business owner to do. About the only thing I don't see on there is to write a business plan. I think one of the things that helps me or helped me become really professional in my business is going through the motions of writing a business plan. And you will hear a lot of people when it comes to this, by the way, that's not an easy endeavor. I say that like, oh, write a business plan, not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It will take you months. It makes you really know your business inside and out. I always think it as almost a clairvoyance tool because it gives you insight into things you might have never ever, ever thought about before. And when you do sit down and do it, it is a great exercise. People will tell you you don't need to do it if you aren't going to get a loan. I say do it anyway. I still think it holds a value even if you 
aren't going to be asking for a loan. I think having a business plan and really knowing what you're going to do, having a vision of where you want to go, all of those are really important tools and steps that you can take to make yourself know that you are a professional, to provide evidence to your inner critic that you are a professional, to provide evidence to the person who doubts you inside you, your imposter syndrome. We did a whole episode on that horrid term. But if you have any of those feelings inside of you, having that plan, writing it out, knowing your vision, knowing where you want to go, knowing who you are as a business owner, it really helps chase all the shadows out of the system so that you can stand in the light of who you truly are. I think that's it, Kim. What do you think? I think this has been a really interesting episode. And I'm going to tell you of all of the episodes we've done lately, if I were a new business owner, this is the episode I wished I would have listened to as a new business owner. I think that if you take some of these things to heart, it's going to save you a lot of frustration and heartache. I wished I would have known a lot of this when I was newer in my business. I hope that those folks that are out there listening today enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let us know. You can hop on to wherever you're listening and rate, review, follow, do all of those things. We really appreciate it. And if you are online, don't hesitate to follow us at The Business Animal on both Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.